Hello and welcome once again to another episode of the Stranger Things podcast, House of Vecna. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Alyssa and as always, I am joined by my delightful co-host, Francesca. <laughs> Not Francesca, her name is Francis. I apologise, Francis. How are you doing today? Oh, you can call me Francesca, you can call me yeah. whatever, it's fine. Um, it's I am fine. doing okay on this day good i didn't expect that to rhyme uh but that's all we <laughs> Alyssa and i are in a wacky wacky mood um we are. So, so just expect that this pod might go off the rails <laughs> a little bit a bit like you know tongue out eyes crazy emoji but um yes we're here we are we've here. arrived yeah for episode five and six uh yeah. the breakdown but before that happens <laughs> There's been some breaking news today. Breaking news? Yeah. What's the breaking news, Francis? Well, <clears throat> for any of you who have listened for quite some time or have even listened to one podcast, because we, we pretty much say this in every podcast, um, <laughs> Train of Phones, fucking Train of Phones has train just of phones. announced, well, the Hollywood Reporter announced, and because it's the Hollywood Reporter, I'm like shitting bricks because it's probably, you know, all true that there is a game of thrones sequel focus on Jon snow <laughs> and i am like no what the fuck no i am like no i when i saw it i was like i almost needed like i couldn't believe my eyes at first yeah and then i just took a moment and i am like this is my this is the first thing that came to my mind okay why I'm sorry, everybody. We'll get to the Stranger Things conversation very quickly. But anyway, and, and, and why? Why would I want to watch the Starks? They're bullies. I hate them. After what happened in the final season, they bullied Daenerys to death. Literally. Right? Literally. She is dead because of the Starks. Anyway, um, so <laughs> why would I want to watch Jon Snow? Why would I want to watch that snake Sansa? I know. Who was like, gossip, gossip, gossip. Why would I want to watch Arya, who, like, yeah, she was cool for a while, and then she was like, I know a killer when I see one. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, no. Captain Obvious, Arya, thank Yes, you. and also, and also Ghost was just, like, left to die by Jon Snow. The Starks oh suck! Gosh. The Starks fucking suck! I don't yeah. want to watch them. So anyway, the only way I'm going to watch De- uh, Game of Thrones uh, sequel is if Daenerys rises from the dead and wrecks shit, because she deserves her redemption. She does. I, I feel like I want a storyline of Drogon coming back. Yes. And, like, he has saved Daenerys and nursed her back to health. Yes. That's the only story I ever want to see in yes. Game of Thrones. I want, and she rises, and she's back, and everything is right in the world. And, like, literally, I was on Twitter Twitter before, and the amount of people saying the only way I'm going to watch a Game of Thrones sequel is if Daenerys comes back. She is. She is. She. Okay? She. She <laughs> is the one. Not Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I'm sorry. Just going to say this real quick. Apologies if you are a Jon Snow fan. Okay? But I just have to say something. Jon Snow was boring. Okay? Even in the show, he was pretty boring. Like, he didn't really have, like, a he lot was. to he do. He had no personality. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. I'm going to watch a whole show about him after he's killed Daenerys. What is it going to be called? I told. I even asked you before, what's it going to be called? Jon Snow, depression at the wall because he's <laughs> depressed after, like, you know, what's he going to do? Oh, my God. Look, I love, I do, I love Kit Harrington. okay, I really do. I think he's a sweet, lovely person. But, like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> I was just not happy. Anyway, sorry, had to get that out. I know no, get that off your chest. And you know what, when you messaged me about sad. it, I was like, I feel like those HBO executives are, like, looking at their calendar and they're like, 
has it been enough time yet? Like, it's been oh. three years. Like, surely people aren't still mad. Yeah, people are still mad! <laughs> <laughs> there will never, ever be enough time, okay? Never. That will heal those wounds. That is a gaping open scar forever. Unless you can oh. lobotomize our memory for season eight and Fuck. season seven in an entirety, then yes, I, I, I literally, I have said this from, I have said this from day one, day dot. I've said this since yesterday, okay? I have said this since forever. That if, if Daenerys, okay, with that shitty season, if Daenerys didn't die, okay, and wasn't like brutally like stabbed in the heart, okay, when she finally got to the Iron Throne, if that, it was so fucking basic, stupid. Anyway, um, if that didn't happen, <laughs> then I would have been like, if there's a sequel, I would be like, okay, Daenerys is still alive, mm, piquing my interest, even though terrible writing, but. Daenerys isn't dead, right? Mm. What killed that show was killing Daenerys, and I will say it forever. How dare yes. they? She was she was not not who they said that she were, was, and she was like, and what what does it say about feminism? Nothing. It says, <laughs> it says oh, nothing oh. whatsoever. <laughs> I just I hate it all. I hate it anyway. So I um, hope and pray <laughs> that yeah. this stupid show isn't going ahead. Havsky, if it does happen, then Daenerys better fucking be in it, and Millie Clark better be reprising her role, and if she comes back as like. A, a, a white or whatever it is um and she is like the new like army of the dead <laughs> and she's just killing everybody because, for all the wrongs that they've done then i am like okay i can get on board but if she's not there and it's only about the starks Aww. pass me by okay anyway i'm done yeah. <laughs> yes good night i uh, don't want to do it that well Francis. anyway Alyssa, the floor is yours i have spoken oh enough. no 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 a uh, couple of things that you mentioned there Killing Daenerys. Hmm. How about killing Eve? (laughs) (laughs) I want a lobotomy of an entire season of killing Eve, the same as I do for Game of Thrones season eight. Um, No, I was actually thinking about, because like after we recorded our episode four podcast, I was thinking about like how we were talking about Max's story. And I was just thinking, because you, you made a mention that you were, you were like, oh, for the, for the Duffer brothers, it would have been so easy for them to just kill Max. Mm. But it's more effective that she lived. And I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about, yeah, the last show that we um, reviewed, uh, Killing Eve, where um, main character uh, yeah. did die. Yeah. Did not survive. <laughs> and how it would have been more effective if Villanelle had survived. That's all I yes. wanted to say. It was, it, was yes. on my, it was on my heart. And I was just like, you know what? The Duffer bros. That's how you do it. If you want to, like, make the stakes really high and tell mm-hmm. a story as part of that, fine. Yes. But you don't have to kill a character off. And yeah, like, like, genuinely, what are you saying by killing a character? Like, mm-hmm. what, 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 what did we get from Daenerys' death? Nothing. What did we get from Villanelle's death? Nothing. We were left <laughs> with sadness, a pit in our stomach, and, and, and brutal, <laughs> angry, that, like, feelings that will never go away. I am bitter till the end of time. because I am bitter. I am very, very anyway, bitter as well. Yeah, yes, anyway, no, but so, very true. Uh, yes. Killing Eve, or... Trilling... Trilling Free. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that phones and um, prilling, prilling meath is, uh, uh, yes, not good examples. Just, of, um, just how to treat your please. female characters. Yes. Here's the thing: get more women writers into the room. Yes. Wait, wait. they did that for killing Eve, and it didn't work anyway. Oh so. no. Anyway. God, get women writers who like care. That's yeah. uh, just, just I, I don't know. With yeah. 
just, you know, this whole thing of like, and it's true, and it's true, this whole ending in the last five fucking minutes of your show that you have to kill off your like, you know, character who's like had the most growth and is the most interesting. Yeah. Please. Please. Anyway, Please. Um, we but are... not to say that male writers can't do it well too. Obviously, Stranger Things 4. We probably do have more male characters, I think, but they're all quite well-rounded. And all the female characters are very well-rounded as well. So I'm very happy. As we've said in the previous pods, I'm very happy with how Stranger Things 4 is going so far. Yes. Um, And anyway, that probably leads us into our um, five to six review slash recap. What a segue. What a segue. I know, from like burning female rage to (laughs) calm and collected. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we actually open this episode in... California. California. Yes. And um and Surfer Boy Pizza, the van is roaring down the highway. Yes. And, they and have when it's a dead person in the back. A dead they, Asian. Well, he's dying. Oh, he's dying. And, Sorry, yeah, he hasn't And died they're yet. like, damn, dude, tell us where we're going, what's going on, how do we how do we find eleven, yada yada yada. And he's like, the Nina, Nina, or something <laughs> while he's dying. And then they're like, what? And then he's like, <laughs> the pen. he's like, here's the pen. And they're like, write it down, write it down. And then he <laughs> dies in the middle of it. And, and I was like, like, why is it so quiet back there? <laughs> and, driving. And he, it's because he's dead. Um, yes. So, Aww. yes. So basically that. they're just like, what the fuck is this? They've got yeah, they get pen. a pen. They don't get and the they don't get the number. They don't get an address. All they know is Nina, and the pen. And yes. poor, um, I actually googled their names. Agent Harmon. Oh, you googled peace. it. <laughs> yeah, and Agent Wallace was the other guy who got shot first, which I mistakenly said in the last pod that he died. <laughs> no, and <laughs> I am someone who can I can recognize when I've made a mistake and I can apologize for it. <laughs> Unlike, unlike the Killing Eve writers, unlike the Train of Phones Yes, writers. another reference. Good job. Wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I recognise that I made a mistake. I thought the guy died. <laughs> he doesn't die. In fact, um, he is captured by um, Gary from our last pod. Who, oh, yeah. Um, I found out does actually have a name. Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan. I don't know his first name, though, so I think it could still be Gary. We can call him Gary, it's fine. Um, it doesn't really matter. But yes, well, anyway, so yes, he is not actually dead, but he has been captured. Yes. And anyway, but we're still back on Agent Harmon, who unfortunately has just died in the back of the uh, Surf Boy Pizza van. Yes, so they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Blah, 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 we have no information. Yeah. Ah, ah! You know, and then Argyle. Yeah, everyone's freaking um, out. When they take him out of the car, they're burying him in, this, in a desert. And then um, Argyle's like, you know, constructing a tombstone from a pizza box. And then, you know, while Will and uh, uh, Will and Mike, I forgot his name, yeah. <laughs> uh, were sitting on the car, they realised uh, that the pen doesn't work because yeah. Argyle's trying to write a lovely message uh, of, of dedication yes. to said agent. Here lies said agent that we, you know. Um, yes, and it, it says, um, here lies unknown hero, agent man, yes, who agent saved man. Will, Mike, Argyle and Jonathan from certain death. Yes. And, and and Jonathan is going, 
you're putting our names on a headstone. Oh, you know, Argyle, he's just, he's, he's doing his thing. He's, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then Mike is like, oh, the pen. Right. So then run over, run, 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 pick it up, run, run, run. open the pen and kaboom. There is a number. A number follows and out. And yes. They realize that there's a number there. Before this though, Will and Mike are sitting on top of the car. And they have a little conversation yes. before Mike realizes that mm-hmm. Agent Harmon. Harmon. <laughs> why did Agent Harmon give me a pen that doesn't work? Because Argyle is <laughs> obviously trying to um, do the headstone for him. In yes. memory, uh, I appreciate. Yes. And then, yes, yeah, so in this moment, though, like before this happens, Will and Mike are having conversation. And Francis, I don't know about you, but it sounds awfully like coming out. But he doesn't actually say it. Yeah, but he he says. Yeah, he does. Sometimes I think it's scary to open up like that to say how you really feel, especially to people you care about the most. Because what if they don't like the truth? And that truth would have been goddamn yes. hard to come to terms with in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, who knows? Mm-hmm. He might have been saying mm-hmm. something totally unrelated. But he he's looking all doe-eyed at Mike, and uh, I think it's pretty obs. Yeah, pretty obsky. Um, yeah, I think I think we're at a stage now where all of that uh, subtle, not so subtle, uh, is is uh, quite it's open. It's out there, loud and obvious. Will may, yeah. may as well be wearing a uh, a pride jacket here. Yes, he's like hello, <laughs> waving a little pride flag. Um, but yeah, so before this though, Mike and Will are having conversation because Mike is really struggling with the fact that he may have sent. 11 yeah. on to something where obviously the government agents are after her now um mm-hmm. yeah they want to they want to hunt her down they want to stop her from potentially killing anyone and yeah so mike is feeling some uh stress and anxiety about that yeah and you know i mean fair enough like yeah i, I it's not like he was like boyfriend of the year you know what i mean it's like from, from, <laughs> from, and then we, you know, the whole thing of like, oh, she didn't look fine. I will hate that sentence for the rest of my life. Like, I am like, that's not cute. He's still on my shit list. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah, okay, feel guilty. And poor, poor uh, Will is just trying to, trying to make him feel a little better. Oh, he's just, you know, it, I, I don't mean to have these, like, you know, uh, biases towards characters, but that's just what happens, you know. Mike still has not given me too many. No reasons to like he him hasn't. yet but i'm open to it but uh mike step your game up set your game up buddy yeah so they find out the number and when they call said place uh they realize that it's actually a computer and they they hear the dial-up noises <laughs> yeah the dial-up noises and i th- i thought they were gonna when i thought that sound would come over you know how like in like primary school when we used to connect to the internet people are yes. like <laughs> I thought that voice yes. was going to come through yes. and I didn't, but... Yeah, I thought same. I was like, where's the dial-up yeah. internet tone? The one that every single, like, generation... What are we? Are we Generation Z? No, we're millennials. Oh, we're millennials. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Anyway. Well, but, uh, okay, can I just say something real quick? <laughs> Boomers always think that millennials are, like, the young people. And it's like, no, millennials we're are, like, fucking now, yeah. in our 30s. Okay? I was actually Seriously. thinking about that when I was um, listening to our last pod. Because I have this thing where I constantly refer to, like, Jonathan, Mike, Will, Elle. Like, all of them. I just call them the kids. I'm like, it's the kids. And I just feel yeah. like when you're in your 30s and anyone who's under, like, the age of 25... 
they're just a kid like they're mm-hmm. just kids that's how it is yeah so yeah yeah i i was not very smart <laughs> under 25 <laughs> but there is room to grow um i but you know no, look, look some people are really smart under the age of 25 but i was not one of them <laughs> yes you were you were always smart no uh you know i made some choices <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well we all can. Some no one, no one has good choices in there. Yeah, but uh, no, Alyssa and I actually we had like a great, a great um, little uh, trip around the world that we. <laughs> That's right. We were twenty. I think we were twenty-one. Yeah, we were between between the ages of like eighteen and twenty-one. We really like finished like high school and we're like, damn, we are just oh, doing what we yeah. want, and it was uh, exactly. it was great. And um, also never having any money coming. Yeah, I remember seven cents in yeah. your <laughs> That is actually a true story. Yes, we once made a video and Alyssa was like, when you travel around and you come back with 18 cents in your bank account. (laughs) Anyway, just moving on from this. So, yeah, they call the thing. There's a computer and they realize that it's, yeah, they're not calling an actual person. Then they're like, shit, how the fuck do we hack this thing? And they're like, who are we going to go see? We're going to go see. Turn around. Look at what you see. Yes. And it's Will that sings that. Yes. Oh, it's the only thing like that he says. The only nice. He had like four lines this episode. <laughs> Please oh, give him a storyline. Um. Anyway. Yes. So, uh, then they're like, okay, we're gonna go see Suze, and they jump in the car. They have to go to Utah. Utah. It is Utah, but you know we can say uh, we're Australian, so. <laughs> Utah! Uh, yeah, they Utah. head off to Utah. Yes, they head on the road to Utah and they're going to go to Sydney and, they- and her house <laughs> full of Mormon children. How many times have we said Utah? <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot. It's almost like our last part when we had that. Utah with that last. <laughs> last. <laughs> last. Um, last. Utah. So, Thank God there's no last in this series. Oh, God. That uh, there is a will and there is a way. <laughs> anyway, so there is. So we are on. Can I just say quickly? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! In Killing Eve, who was Lars? He just ended up fucking being no one, much, no, a nobody. Oh my god! Not, anyway, he died. He didn't need let's anything. <laughs> Nothing meant anything Ugh. in that show. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, so anyway, back to Stranger Things episode five. Yes, they go to the house with the Mormon children, and they are these little munchkins yes. who are wreaking havoc in the house. Oh my gosh, this was so cute! Acting though. and directing and playing games and cooking. You're like, don't put too much salt in it for the uncle or something. Whatever it was. Um, yes. So yeah, and they go upstairs, and Susie is on the roof. She is, she and is. she is uh, fixing an antenna, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" Um, yeah, she's like, "Why are you random people in my bedroom?" Which is fair. So yeah, so that happens, and uh, yes, that did happen. And I suppose we should. So that was that. When did that happen? Was that episode six? Oh, that happened in episode I, six. So yeah, I feel like we're kind of jumping. I think what happened at for the, for this gang, the end of their arc this um, this episode is when they decide to get to, get to Susie. Susie. Okay. So they haven't actually gotten to Susie. So yet. we'll so, get back to yes, that. we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll stick with episode five for now. It's just um, it's just really hard. Like when you like that we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like these episodes are just packed with stuff. And even when like Oh, so many things. And they're long. They're long, they're long. And you're kinda of like when you're watching it, you're kinda of like, oh, what are the important things to mention? But it's almost like everything is important mm-hmm. in its own little way. Um because I don't know. I mean, oh, we didn't really talk about before like how we felt about the the whole episodes in general. Yeah. 
Um, I think the general consensus for all fans is that these two episodes really are building up to the final, uh, well, the final one of Vol 1, which is episode 7. Yes. So I think some of these storylines on the first watch for me felt a little bit slow mm-hmm. because I was wondering what they meant in the grand scheme of things. And I think once I once I saw 7 and I rewatched 5 and 6, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, yeah. this is... There's actually really compelling viewing because you realize what they're doing. And like you said before, when we were just chatting ourselves, mm-hmm. like they really know what they're doing here. Yeah. They're really, uh, yeah, they really I know agree. how to tie a story together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, it's, it's good. Like, yeah, I found that on my rewatch for sure that six, uh, five and six landed um, much better for me than when I first mm. watched. Cause I was like, where are you going with this? I don't quite yeah, get why this totally. is important, but you know, yeah. Then yeah. when it ties together, you're like, oh, sweet. So basically what happens with Eleven during this uh, situation at the Nina Project. um, The Nina Project. Eleven is considered basically a celebrity amongst the scientists. They're like, oh my God. Like you. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. You're bigger than Madonna here is what they (laughs) say. (laughs) You're bigger than Madonna here. And um, Eleven's like, oh, really? Um. And yeah, Eleven's like, who's Madonna? Would she know who Madonna is? She probably would. Eleven, would of course, yeah, um, yeah, in the eighties, absolutely. So she's walking yeah. through, and they're just like, look okay, at can her. Can I just? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Can I just go back? <laughs> sorry, we were talking before about how France is really good about steering the conversation. I always jump in, and I'm just like, oh, but I wanted to mention something. <laughs> no, go ahead. Like when Eleven um, is in the car with Dr. Sam Owens. Mm-hmm. and then they like stop at like a random door in the middle of the desert i'm just like yeah. how has nobody noticed that there's I a know. random door in the middle of nowhere That's what i was wondering i was like yeah. how surely how? someone has seen that before and gone hmm, hmm. what's this hmm suspicious oh curious yeah we'll try to enter it. maybe they did notice it and they just got shot dead or something maybe maybe um but yeah, the one thing that I just wanted to notice about this bit, when they go underground, he takes her underground, he explains that it's a storage space for ballistic missiles yes. back, way back when. And yeah, they have this conversation and it's very conversational and it's meant to take Eleven off guard, I think. But he does mm. say something very um, vaguely threatening when you look into it. Yeah. He, he says something like, we repurposed it to hold something much more powerful, you. Mm. Mm. And, like, when I heard that, because I remember he's, like, really, like, he has a nice face and he's really, like, he's he's nice and he calls her kiddo and he puts his hand on her on her back, like, comfortingly. Yeah. Um, but he's still basically telling her as he's walking her in, like, we built this place to hold you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, as the episode goes on, um, you see they do some fucked up shit to her. Yeah, well, when she gets in there, she is starts to resist and she starts to try to escape and she gets a fucking needle shoved into her neck yeah. by fucking Brenner. And and that's the thing. Obviously, this is a man who traumatized her and held her and did medical experiments on her. And she like in season at the end of season one, I think is the last time we saw them interact. Is that right? Or is it season two uh, yeah. when she um Okay, yeah. Um, I think so. I can't remember. Cause I, you, you're fresher with it. Yeah. Give me one second. I just got a cough. And we are back. Hello. Yes, we on are. On the podcast. Hello. Francis had to take a quick break. Take it any histamine. <laughs> because allergies. Are you feeling okay now, Francis? 
Yes, I'm feeling a-okay. Are you ready to go? I'm feeling a-okay, yes. yes. So we were talking about Eleven and Dr. Brenner and how it was a gross, like, violation oh. of her content. Well, she wasn't able to give content. She doesn't even, like, know he's there. They walk mm-hmm. her into a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question is how – I probably should have asked this at the start of episode one – how did he survive that Demogorgon attack? He does have some, like, scars on his face. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess we're just meant to believe that he just survived. Um, but, yeah, so so Dr. Brenner comes and he says, daughter. And she's like, papa, like, crying. And then, um, yes, she tries to run away because who the fuck would want to be there? Yes. And then she gets a needle in the neck. Yeah, fucking. And she is unconscious. Oh. And I fucking hate them both, basically, at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a, it, it's very unsettling. Um, it's very unsettling because it's that same old thing where it's like two old white men. Yes. Yeah. Know what to do yeah. with a woman and it's Ugh. just, fuck off. With yeah. your gross ass tendencies, though I still do like Sam Owens because he does show some care for Eleven, and yes. obviously it works, but it's still it's not cute. Yeah, so basically, like when uh, they they kind of uh, the whole point of getting her to that point is so they can kind of push her through memories of the past. Yes. Um, and when because, they do so, yes, so she uh, can get her powers back. Yeah, so she can get her powers back. Um, and she finds herself like stuck in a mental maze and yes. she's going in and out of the rainbow room. And every time she's yes. there, we see a certain blonde, uh, blonde haired man. Uh, yes, a uh, certain blonde haired man. A certain blonde fellow, uh, saying, well, well, look who decided to join us. Someone yeah. is a sleepy head this morning. Over yeah. and over again. Okay. Over and over again to the point I where I was like, shut I get it's it. so uh, annoying. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why when you're watching that and you haven't seen Seven, you're just like, fucking hell. Like, this like, is I get loop. it. Like, I'm over it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get it. He he's, he thinks she's a sleepyhead. Fan-fucking-tastic. Anyway. And obviously, yes, Eleven now has shaved hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, uh, well, she's in a memory. So she's remembering her little uh, her little self. Yeah. I will make a note, like, the, the CGI on Young L, I do mm. find wonky, right? It's not quite, it's like, wonky, yeah. it's just not quite, how do I explain this? It's like, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that, that kind of looks real, but it kind of doesn't. And I do find that with, like, de-aging and stuff like that, it's really impressive, don't get me wrong. Mm. But it's also just that side of it where sometimes... You know, I mean, I watched like Obi Wan uh, Kenobi last night, and they brought back um, Hayden Christensen uh, as he was uh, as Anakin, and he was like de-aged so well that it looked mm. like the prequels, right? So I was like, oh my god, that's impressive. But then you have other series that try to do it, and it's just not as uh, like I think it wasn't entirely necessary to have so much little L. Like, I think that the point was made when you were like, okay, mm. she's living through young L's yeah. memories. Like, I almost think, you know? yeah, I almost think it should have been left, because I think the scenes where um, we saw little L, like, in the, um, like, security camera footage, mm-hmm. like, when you see stuff like that, or you see, like, the reflection, yeah, it, it's almost like you didn't need it. Like, I can see why they did it, and, like, obviously they were, like, try- I think they were just making it really obvious that this was the same person, and it wasn't Eleven being there again. Yeah. 
um, and it was her being her younger self. But yeah. um, what I will say though is that I think that, and and, and sometimes I have gripes with with when TV shows do this because Stranger Things does do this sometimes a little bit too much, and I understand there's a lot to follow, so I'm not like mad at them about it. It's more so just something I notice. Mm-hmm. Give information, but you can you have to trust your audience gets it as well. You know mm, what I mean. So so yeah. I kind of felt like sometimes in this series, and it happened. It's happened from the beginning. Sometimes yeah. they'll say something, and the first time you might miss it, but the second time they say it, generally we're with you, right? We're with yeah. you. When you start bashing people over the head with the same information or the same visual over and over again, sometimes it can get a bit like, okay, like I, I know what's going on here. I, I got it like 10 minutes ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. In that way, like I think it wasn't necessary. And they, they do it with some other things, but we'll touch on that in episode seven. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not like mad at the matter, but it's more no. just, it's just more one of those things where I kind of like sit here and I'm like, okay that like you can you can pull back on that now like i, we're, I wonder we're if with that's you, because you know? yeah i wonder if that's because they're trying to like um balance that line between like yeah. fans who are paying really close attention and like the general More casual viewer fans, that they yeah. still need to i don't know but yeah i i'm i'm the same like because i was noticing that um you know, even with some of the dialogue with, with the orderly, which we won't go into. I mean, I'm sure most people have seen Seven by now, but we won't go, to, go into it here. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of that dialogue is quite, like, sickeningly obvious as to who he is. Yeah. But it's almost like, yeah, they need to, like, obviously lay the, the little dots and then... Um, we yeah, and I think, I think in some ways, like, that's okay because you'd rather it be obvious than be confusing right yeah. and, and I get that like I yeah. think you know it's better to kind of go on that side than to like completely devoid the the, the audience of enough information to the point where mm. they're confused right um and obviously with something like Stranger Things there's so much going on at once you do have to kind of remind your audience of things which is like totally mm. cool but yeah. yeah I just think in particular with this thing with Elle like <clears throat> the constant like looking back well yeah. I don't think it was entirely necessary but it's okay like, you know, I, I know what they were going for and I think yeah. that it did work for the most part. Still, this, the, the Elle storyline here, at the time when I first watched these two episodes, I was a little bit like... Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what is, like, what, what's the purpose of Especially this? Especially like, because, like, we, we have seen that memory. We know what she's trying to work towards. We've yeah. seen, like, the, the first, you know, whatever, 20 seconds where she everyone's covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And we just want the answer. Like, mm-hmm. we, we've seen it already and she's obviously going down the um, the rabbit hole to figure out what it, it actually is and what it means. So I think that's why it feels a bit slow to us as the viewer because um, we're already there where she's yeah. still getting there. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit tricky. It's, it's yeah. a hard thing to balance. Um, and actually, it made me think of this whole time loop and how Eleven's clearly going back into her memories and, like, um, her being a child. It reminded me of your note that you mentioned in um, the first episode, which at the time I didn't really pick up on, but you said you noted that Eleven particularly said in her letter to Mike that we are all time travellers. Yeah. And I was just like, at the time I was just thinking, oh, that's just a really nice thing to say about the past and the future and how we do you know, through our memories, we are time travelers. But it is true. Like in this episode, you you see her physically travel through time. Um, yeah, for sure. They they said they've set it up. You know, and and I yeah. I think that you know, and, and obviously there's stuff in episode seven that that links to that as well. But they've really yeah. linked up the time travel element of it, whether it's through memories or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
towards the end of the season, which is good. You know, it feels like they've put a lot of effort into into doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, what happens is after Eleven's kind of, like, going through those same memories over and over again, eventually, like, she's just not cracking through. Um, no. And then she wakes up. Yeah, uh, but she's having some major, like, she's having, heart like, palpitations. Yeah. And, and, and Owen's like, you know, are we gonna are we going to stop this? And Brenna's like, no. No, she's got to swim. Yeah. Sam Owens goes, she's going to drown. And Brenda's like, she's going to swim. Oh, and God. I was like, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop, please. Or you're going too far. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Eleven wakes up from her memory trance and she's trying to escape, but she can't. And no. the, so- the soldiers try to push her down. And then, boom, her powers boom. kind of oh, resurface yeah. just for yeah. that moment. And she's like, ah! And they're just like, yes. you know, like big, like, you know, big yes. explosions behind her. And Brenna is like remarkable, and uh, and Eleven is like much like I am. Eleven is like stay away, <laughs> yeah. and then she does the thing where she puts her hand out again yes. and it doesn't work. Yes, oh, so annoying. And um, so then sad. eventually he does his little thing where he's like you know trying to be Papa like and, man- and manipulative. Yeah, asshole. and then she grabs his hand, and that's the end of Eleven's storyline for episode yes. five. So let's jump on over to yeah. Russia. Well, the Russia plot. Uh, so basically, um, Joyce and Murray, you know, obviously were, were uh, drugged uh, with their tea or coffee drugged. in the last episode. And they find themselves... With coffee? Oh, how rude. I know. How dare. Um, they find themselves uh, in a plane and uh, yes. strapped to the back. And yes. Yuri is strap, flying strap, strap. and they're like, What? the fuck is going on <laughs> and uh they're like realize they're going to be delivered to the uh what are they kgb yeah um, something like that i don't know I, to the, the to the prison but yes. i guess the kgb then the prison yes. whatever and uh <laughs> joyce and murray 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 joyce and murray realize that yuri can't hear them when they're in the back Yes, and so, I really liked that because I thought it was uh, very uh, sneaky of Joyce yes, to notice sneaky, that. Sneaky. Um, so Joyce and Murray attempt to uh, cut their binds and break free. But, yes, um, with, uh, with some peanut butter as well yeah, that peanut butter Yuri jar. is trying to bring into uh, uh, Russia for, yes. uh, to make a profit. <laughs> yes, because it, it costs so much more there. Um, yeah. But soon enough, they soon last for a little while. Enough. They've kind of like started breaking up their binds. Yuri takes notice of them breaking free so murray takes out his karate skills yes (laughs) and he says my fingers are like arrows my arms are like iron my feet like spears resist and i will end you but turn this plane around and i will spare your life (laughs) i love how that crescendo just went higher and higher as you were talking (laughs) and uh yeah so he he goes on his like he, yes. he reveals to Joyce that he's only been doing karate with like 13 year olds yeah. 16 year olds but then like through the through the discussion with Joyce he's just like um he realizes that he can beat Yuri because yes. he's like um I can't remember who he was talking about but he was talking about um how he bet like a 16 year old and he yeah won he bet like a 16 that one year old time. and he's like but Yuri isn't like trained as a black belt either Yes. And he's like, I can be, he's like, thank you for this talk. I really like it. I feel much better now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's out there and he's like, yes. he's, he's kicking ass and knocks Yuri out. 
But yes. then the plane is going down, and we yes. have to dis- we have to suspend every bit of disbelief. Yes, in this moment to. because yeah, somehow amazingly. somehow they survived the crash even though they are like nose diving for 87 percent of it <laughs> and, it, and like it, pull yeah. up pull up and i'm like guys please this is unrealistic but i'm here for it anyway yes. and they hit the ground at, at the they hit the ground very hard it's like oh the God. force of like a freaking bomb like snow <laughs> everywhere they're like flying through the snow but somehow somehow there is little damage to the plane. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't, yeah, like, I think it's broken explode. in half. But but yeah. Joyce and Murray are fine. All of them are fine. Um, yeah, it's to up, the point but... where it's like there's no like you know uh, uh, shit like stabbed yeah. through their stomach or anything. Exactly, you know I mean? like every so, other plane trip that's ever gone down. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, and it's. Oh, uh, uh, you know what I was thinking of in that scene. What were you thinking? I was thinking of yellow jackets. When the oh, plane went yeah. down. But there were like gruesome injuries from oh, yellow in yeah, yellow jackets totally. when that plane went down. Like someone lost his freaking leg. Like, come oh. on. I don't I don't see one injury. It's the same with stupid Hopper. Why don't I see one injury on that man? I don't know. He he, <laughs> he should have no feet. We have established this. Well, the other thing was, I think it's in episode six, he um gets into a fight with Enzo and he he's like, oh, I have broken ribs. Like, don't make me laugh. I have broken ribs. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> if you have broken ribs, I remember my dad had broken ribs once. He couldn't do anything for like three weeks. And the next scene, Hopper's fighting a bloody Demogorgon. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't know your dad had broken Let it go. Ribs. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's it a... was a bad time. Oh I can't God. remember. Oh, I think he, um, I can't remember how. I think he fell over after what a few What year was that? Oh, okay. Oh, it was Shit. like, I don't know. I think I was like 19 or something. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, but I can't remember anything from like, you know. So. Oh, no, that's fine. But anyway, yeah, so that, yes. that's the end of their story there. They've, they're they on the ground and that's kind of it yes. until we get to episode six. Amazing. So let's uh, they hop. Survive. Yeah, they survived. So let's hop on over to, to the, Hawkins, the gang? Hawkins gang, the gang that we love to talk about the most. So Nancy, I mean, obviously they're in like the um, uh, the Wheelers' house as per mm-hmm. usual. They mm-hmm. are keeping an eye on Max. Max, they wake up and they realize she's not there. So then they go upstairs and they realize that Max is sitting down at the table just eating breakfast yes. and drawing her memories from when she was in the Upside Down. Yes, um, birth though is yes. when um, Eddie is in the house. Oh, yes. And Eddie is very, very hungry. And Eddie also, uh, he radios to the gang saying that um, he wants some food and a six pack. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which, and then he does, and I, because I raised my eyebrow that I was like, really? And then he does say in the episode, he's like, I know it's stupid, but it would really calm my nerves. Okay, fine. Fair enough. And then, yes, then he takes out SpaghettiOs and he, uh, yes. And he eats that. Yes. Um, And then, and then, yeah, and then that's when Nancy picks up and and she's just like, Dustin, you're meant to be keeping an eye on Max. Yep. And Dustin has some some hefty uh, drool on his face. Uh, yes. Well, I was just thinking, enough. like, if if it, it literally is straight off the back of the last episode, which mm-hmm. like they've pretty much been up all night as far. Yeah, as totally. And they haven't. Yeah. I, from what I gather, they've only like slept like one hour or something. Mm. So it's they're they're really. Uh, they're doing it rough right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they go upstairs. They see that uh, Max has been drawing. And Nancy uh, realises that when she puts together the pieces of the drawing, that it is of the Creel house. So it is. the Hawkins gang decide that they're going to go look at it. And they head on over. And um, 
but it's boarded shut and locked. Can I just say that? Yes. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, do I keep going? Or I kept looking at you. I'm like, is she going to, does she want to jump Oh, yeah. I need to like wave a little like, hello. Yeah. Um, but I can just say, can I just say? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I just wanted to like point out that scene with, um, with Nancy. It's so creative. I really yeah. like how Max is drawing with the crayons. And at the same time, Dustin is, they're having conversation and Dustin's, trying to explain oh like you know max obviously went somewhere that beckner didn't want her to go mm-hmm. and and maybe max infiltrated um beckner's mind and yes. um yeah and then at the same time uh he's looking at max's drawing um saying like maybe the answer is somewhere in this incredibly vague drawing god we need will and that's obviously a reference yes. to all of Will's drawings that he did when they managed yeah. to track down um, the Upside Down and how it was in all of the tunnels um, under the town in season two. And and just like a side note, and I, I think I said this to you as well, like when we were binging, that I felt like a ri- that I felt like the drawing that that Will has done. Yes, I think it's for Mike, but I think it's I think something's there. I think I think there's something in that drawing and that there has to be that has yeah. to do with the upside down and and when we that's why they've held off showing it. So I think eventually it must be. when they open it up there's going to be something there. Um, so do you think that means subtly, that Will's going to have a good storyline? I better bloody he better <laughs> bloody have one. Otherwise I'm going to step through the screen and be like I'm going to hold him up like Simba and be like <laughs> look at this this child, or he's like, what, yeah, 20 now? Child. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll carry him and I'll be like, look at him. Please give him a storyline. Um, you know what's funny? For some reason, I feel like Noah looks like the oldest out of all the kids. Like, when I'm watching them, oh my god, I'm like, I feel like he looks he's like He's grown the, up a lot. He is. Yeah. Like, he looks like, you know, I mean, I know I think, that in yeah. that age, like, boys do look a lot older than they are. But, like, every time I look at him, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I feel like you're, like, a grown man and everyone else looks like a teenager. Maybe. Yeah, I think also, like, Mike, for example, like, as much as he's grown, he's, so in, he's very tall. But he's, yeah. like, he kind of looks the same. Like, his yeah. face and, like, his, you know. Whereas whereas uh, Noah definitely, like, when he was little, he was just such a He was lit- little. So, yeah. like, hi, I'm Noah, you know, and he I was, like, know. so cute. And yeah. now he's like he's kind of grown into this. Uh, yeah, exactly. he, he's really is he really has. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah. So yes. uh, they they go to the Creel house and they're like, yes. "Where? How do we get in?" And then Robin is like, "I have a key, and it's a fucking brick." And she throws it through <laughs> the window, and Steve opens the door, and they walk through the Creel house. And, uh, and they all have torches except for Steve. And yes. Steve goes, where'd you guys get those? And yeah. Dustin goes, do you have to be told everything? Do you have to be told everything. Yeah. yeah and so uh, it's like, yes, Steve, uh, the torch is in the front pocket. The back pocket. pocket whatever back it was. Pocket. And Robin and Nancy, our fave duo, they just like naturally go off together. And yes. I was like, great. Yes. Before Women. that happens. Oh, yes. <laughs> before that happens. <laughs> they see the grandfather clock in oh, they do. Uh, in they the, do. In the yes. little uh, uh, hall area. And, and Max uh, is still wearing her headphones just in case. She Bush. is. Kate Bush is still playing. And, yeah. uh, and it, you know, in true Steve fashion, Steve mm-hmm. asks why the clock is in the visions. Maybe he's like a <laughs> yeah, clockmaker clock or something. <laughs> and the look on his face is so, like, curious. And Dustin's like... Wow, he's cracked the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so like good. their banter in this whole oh, house thing so is fucking fantastic. Especially yeah. like the whole, even like the whole like oh you know 
uh, did you sigh? Did you sigh? And yeah, it's like, well, yeah. They always have to be together. Steve's yeah. like, oh, we got paired together again. Yes, and uh, yeah, so Robin and Nancy go off because they're best friends yeah. now, uh, yeah. and we love it, women. Besties. And what's really cool as well is like Max and Lucas, uh, while they're kind of walking through, have a tender moment, and Max, while they're searching through the house, and um, Max shares that she's afraid Kate Bush will lose her magic and it won't be her favourite song mm. anymore, which yep. will never happen because Kate Bush is great. Uh, while they're <laughs> talking about finding Vecna's secret lair, they realise that the lights are flickering in the house, yes. which yep. is determining the movement of Vecna in the yes. upside down. Which I was kind of like, I didn't like that because... Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, I feel like Vecna would be able to sense someone in his physical house, right? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit confused by it. But too he was tranced out. We he saw was. him being tranced out. He was. Yeah. And he when was he in the middle of killing was someone. Very, very focused because he was uh, focused on Patrick. Um, yes, that's true. Uh, his next victim. Uh, yes. So, yeah, so I think, uh, but we don't really know that yet. No, that doesn't touch on it until episode six. Yes. But, um, but yeah, so that that's, and that was another really cool shot. They really like these shots where they, they physically flip to the upside down. And, yes. and so we see a shot, a shot of the, the gang all um, around the lights and mm-hmm. the lights are very bright. And then it's a, it's a swap um, to Vecna. Yes. Trancing yes. out. But we, we, we forgot about Eddie. Yes, so poor Eddie is stuck in the boathouse and the jocks are coming after him. Uh, yes. They find him and he has to they escape do. on a dinghy through the lake. Oh, and, no. uh, Through Lover's Lake. And the jocks chase him, but Patrick is suddenly taken by Beckner. And yes. we once again witness yet another gruesome death. Poor yes, and Patrick. Eddie freaks out once again, man. Yes. Eddie needs therapy poor after dude. this. He falls off into the water. And he, yeah, pull, and yes. um, yeah, so yeah, because obviously they are hunting him down. This whole Villagante side story really gets into it in episode six, and um, I don't love it. I don't love the storyline, but anyway, that's all fine. Uh oh, you have frozen. <laughs> I've, I've got a note that my internet connection is unstable. It's the upside down. <laughs> it's Vecna. Ah! <laughs> Oh, you back? Okay, we're back. We're back. Sorry, Pod, we're back. So now we will jump into chapter six, which is the diver. Um, and yes. we start off immediately with the police showing up to examine the body of Patrick. Now, the police yes. are like fucking useless in this show. Let me just oh say, God, like, apart are. from like Hopper, they really don't do anything. Like, they're just kind of I like, oh, uh, curfew. <laughs> they don't really do anything. Um, I know. So Jason is telling the police that Eddie is a vessel for the devil and uh, how can you stop the devil if you don't believe he's real and such and such. Yes. Um, and I'll just, and this yeah. is great because you can actually see this happening. Like you can mm-hmm. see someone being like, I witnessed this. This is the only thing that I can logically put it to. And then the police being like, mm, yeah. we're a bit more rational than you do. Yeah. Like, no. Totally. Yeah, so I'll just continue on with Jason because he has kind of like his own storyline here. But Jason. He's such a Jason. And Jason. Um, they speak to, oh my God, it reminds me, you know, like Laguna Beach. Did you ever watch Laguna Beach? No, I never watched that. Oh, was it Jason? No, it was Steven. Uh, Kristen Cavallari. Steven. So I was going, Steven! Steven! <laughs> anyway, so I was like, Jason! So we see Jason. Sorry, we're Australians and we really enjoy uh, making fun of the, 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 uh, the valley girl accent it's just yeah. part of part of yeah anyway so yes jason um, jason so jason uh speaks to the town uh during an announcement and gives a very passionate speech about the hellfire club and in particular yes. eddie 
Um, and passes out flyers. Jeez, calm down, bro. Oh, so dumb. And Erica is like, that's bullshit. And it is, because it is bullshit. They're just, it's just a uh, club for nerds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the whole speech is, like, realistic, I suppose, to the time and stuff. And much of the time, mm-hmm. much of the town gets on the Drock side, and I suppose it's because they're wanting answers and all that. But, yeah, Jason is very much on the the devil is in Hawkins and we need to stop it. And all of these deaths yeah. are ritualistic sacrifices. And Eddie yeah. is part of a cult and yada yada. Uh, so they're really going hard he's, on the conspiracy theory He's a small-town preacher in, yes. the, in the making. Like he, that's That's his life journey. But you know what that made me think of? Like, the fact that he quoted Romans 12. Like, yeah. man, a lot of non-Christian people really like to pick up Bible verses and, and cherry pick them to yes. fit their individual circumstances. Yes. And that, that's just a perfect example. Of yes, that. absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, so the town is kind of like, obviously the parents are like mortified and they're like, what the fuck do mm. we do? But the town kind of rallies behind what he's saying and they get up. Because yeah. I, I suppose, look, in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know if they believe the conspiracy, but they need answers, you know? So a lot of them are probably yeah. just like, well, we need to try to do something. So they get up and they start chasing after, you know? And obviously, yeah. this isn't really something that we see come to fruition um, in, like, the finale of the volume one. So I'm assuming that a lot of this will, like, transpire in volume two. But, I think so, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this, this scene goes on to for way too long. Where the like chief of police, uh, they're all all the police officers are just standing in the background while mm-hmm. Jason is literally rousing like a villagante yeah. type thing. Yeah, um, and yeah. I was just sitting there going, "Shut it down, you turd!" Honestly, like yeah. fucking hell. Honestly, just say something. But yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh well after that happens, we're thrown into where the uh, agent dude, uh, what's his name, Lawrence, mm-hmm. Agent Lawrence, was that his name? Uh, agent Wallace. Wallace. Sorry. Yes, Agent Wallace. Um, who I mistakenly thought he was dead. Um, who got shot in episode four? Is been yes. interrogated by the lieutenant about where Eleven is, and yes. uh, when we jump over to um uh where Eleven is, Doctor Brenner in the Nina Project. Dr. Brennan likens... Can I just talk about Gary for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This guy, I didn't really like that they put in this antagonist. Did you think it was necessary? No. I don't. But I I think that in some ways, they're just trying to expand the world because... Yeah. They have... I I felt like they did have to add this sort of intergovernment. Yeah. Just to show... Again, to show the stakes, maybe. But he does say something. It's kind of like how Jason is quite we can believe that a character like Jason witnessed something like Patrick getting thrown in the air and killed mm-hmm. horribly as being a devil and it's almost the same with this guy yeah. the lieutenant he is totally rational because he says explanation 1 an invisible boogeyman from another dimension is slaughtering kids explanation 2 dr brenner's special little pet has gone rogue again and he and his lackeys are trying to cover it up yeah that sounds entirely rational yeah. like so yeah i kind of liked that just the, yeah yeah and i think also of, of characters not believing that the crazy thing's happening yeah obviously we know it is and but, and yeah. as much as i'm kind of like oh you know the screen time or whatever there is a part yeah, of me yeah. where i'm like you know if you're gonna have people like dr brenner you you have to somehow have people that are on the other side because mm-hmm. you can't just yeah. let them kind of do what they're doing um yeah without some type and of he, he does seem like the kind of researcher that would just go crazy and go broke and i mean he had little kids like in patient outfits yeah. like Ugh, following him around honestly 
fucking crazy. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, so Dr. Brenner likens Eleven's powers being taken away to, like, a stroke victim. And yep. uh, just saying, like, how things have become, you know, a little jumbled. And um, yep. he said that everything is still in her mind, but she just needs to remember. She needs to not just see her past, but relive it in the hopes that she can get her powers yep. back completely. Um, yep. So he explains also to her how our brains protect us from trauma and Eleven buried her memories long ago. So yep. he's kind of just giving her a rundown of, like, if you, uh, if you allow yourself to kind of live in this moment, uh, that's how we're going to mm-hmm. get everything working yeah. accordingly again. Um, and I mean, so, yeah. that does make sense. Like a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of therapy is, is getting people to face that and, um, yeah, and talk through it in a safe place. But obviously this is not a safe place. And uh, yeah, he's obviously, yeah, he's he's being quite manipulative with her. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously she does willingly decide to go into Nina again. Yeah, so um, when she does, uh, obviously Mr. Blonde Fellow shows up again and, uh, and uh, t- you know, tells Elle in the Rainbow Room that uh, one mm-hmm. used to uh, yes. draw on a memory that made them yes. sad or angry to find their strength yes. again. And he also yep. speaks to Elle about her mother and Elle's like, my mum is dead. And Mr. Blonde Man says that you can't trust Papa um, and kind of yep. plants a seed there to... Yeah. Uh, kind of get us to where we're going um, yes. which we won't touch on now but we'll talk about that in episode 7 yep. um, yes. but yeah so Dr. Brenner in the in Nina is putting two up against many of the other kids um, yep. and two is easily beating them until he fights yep. Eleven uh, who smacks him into the glass and two is yes. two is so butthurt about it. He's like two and his goons are like threaten L and um, yeah, they like round her up. Yes, and the, the cameras are out and they're in the rainbow room. Side note: Did you notice? Mm-hmm. I didn't notice this. I saw this on a Reddit post um, that if you have a look at the um, the the rainbow painted on the walls, there's actually one that's like the right way and one that's upside down the rainbow's upside down oh really cool. wow yeah interesting yeah it's really cool that's a good good detail there every everything is uh everything is uh, important yes. in the stranger things universe but yes so yeah they they're really mean to her um and it gives extra weight to um how mike was saying to l like back in can't remember what episode it was but mike was saying you know i've been bullied like yeah. i've been bullied too like you could have told me about this and l is like no like you don't get it. Yeah. Or I can't remember what she says exactly, but this is the reference to this, I think. Yeah. Like it's kind of that she's so different that yes. um, that he will never get it. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't fit anywhere. She doesn't fit in. No. So as much as he can get it from a more generalized standpoint, um, he can't understand it where she literally does not have yeah. a, a place, like a, a, a some, mm. somewhere that she feels that she is completely herself and comfortable. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so uh, also uh, while that's happening, um, Eleven sees kind of, I think, in the middle of the night that uh, Mr. Blonde Man is being attacked by Brenner and mm. some of the soldiers, um, yep. so which helps her to kind of come to terms with the fact that they have a problem with him and uh, kind of mm-hmm. keeps that note in her mind. So mm-hmm. um, is there anything else you want to say about uh, this whole thing with Eleven? Because that's pretty much all that they did um, during that episode. Um. Um, yeah, the the important thing to know is that when when the orderly is being 
um, I guess, tased by um, some of those scientists. Like Eleven realizes, or well, in that moment, she comes to believe that he is someone that she can trust. Yes, because he is um, he's obviously being hurt. And so when he's talking to her, it's in that su- subtly like manipulative way that an adult talks to a child, mm-hmm. and a child believes fully what that person is saying. So yeah, it kind of it leans into that um, fact that uh, Eleven is going to trust this man at least for now. Yes, and um, she doesn't trust Dr. Brenner anymore. I think yeah, that's basically what we're meant to learn from that. Yeah, and I think I think in some ways it's good because this is stuff that we haven't seen, and this is stuff that we weren't aware of. And obviously, in episode mm. five, there was a lot of repetitive stuff that yeah. Now that she's allowing herself to unlock the memory, she's seeing things that we haven't seen. So I yeah. did actually find episode six a lot more interesting yeah, um, me too. than episode yeah. five when it came to yeah. to her, which I think was was probably. Um, expected yeah so yep. let's jump on over to california because they yep. have arrived in utah and obviously we touched on this before but let's really get into salt it. lake city yeah so uh they yep. see Susie on the roof and uh yes. you know argyle also has her eyes for eden uh like he loves eden like the garden um mm-hmm. and uh yeah so uh they kind of they tell that they tell Susie that Dustin's birthday is coming up and they want to buy him an American Nintendo, which can only happen if Susie hacks into the Nina project. And you Um, can tell Susie's like, I don't quite believe this. And then she says something like, yes, Dusty Bun's birthday is in two months, five days and three hours. Very specific. Um, And Sue says that she would love to help, but her computer has been confiscated after she was wrecked (laughs) with guilt from changing Dustin's grade and her tortured soul forced her to confess. Yes. Uh, yes. So they now need the computer and the little. And her father in. has locked it in his office, and he does a lot of working from home. Yes, yes. So they need to uh, access the computer so the little munchkins use their acting capabilities to get yes. uh, Susie's father out of the room and yes. to get on the computer. So mm-hmm. Susie tells the California crew to hold their butts as she runs the IP through the geolocational software, and they discover that the entrance to the Nina project is in Nevada. And yes, that is home of gambling and the strip residencies, uh, 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 desert (laughs) and the Grand Canyon, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, which does make sense, I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Um, yeah, that's all for the California crew. Uh, any notes that you wanted to add on there, Alyssa, about the California Um, crew? The only thing that I wanted to add on add on is that, um, yeah, once they get the address and they're leaving, uh, they're looking for Argyle and they find Argyle and Eden in the back of the surfboard oh, pizza yes, van. Yes. And Susie's like, it smells really strange out here. <laughs> and they're obviously doing their purple palm tree delight yes, together. Yes, and they're having a good time. Having a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. So let's jump on over to Russia. Um, where Joyce, Russia, where Joyce and Murray are shivering in the cold and telling Yuri he's going to die if he doesn't help them find Hopper. Yes. Um, And speaking of Hopper, he and the other prisoners are being fattened up for the Democrats. They are, yeah. Um, And... This is yeah. where I think, yeah, in, oh, so, well, we, we didn't really talk about in episode five, we didn't really talk about how Hop had that whole, um... Was that in episode five when he was um, talking about yeah, his, his Hopper was talking about yeah with, uh, his Ellen, relationships yeah. with with Ellen Joyce and how um, 
We got more detail into Hop's background about how as a Vietnam vet, he's obviously talking about Agent Orange and um, that he was mixing it together with his bare hands and cause the birth defects yeah um actually it's really cool that they called it chemical warfare because i think that is something the u.s hasn't even admitted even to this day mm. i'm pretty sure um it's like this, this yeah obviously this horrible thing that the um the americans it's the vietnamese people we yes. also find out more about sarah his daughter um obviously we saw in season one she was born uh, healthy but then died from cancer really young and hot feels that it is his fault and his curse um just a side note on this one, um, obviously Agent Orange did cause a lot of neurological defects like spina bifida, um, but I don't actually know, I don't know if I actually know if it's documented that children of second generation developed cancer like before yeah. their parents did. Yeah. So I don't know, I think that's a slight stretch. However, like obviously it's um, it's really sad, it's very moving that Hop thinks it's uh, his fault. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a realistic. Obviously, it's something that happened. I could so, be wrong, but yeah, um, I just yeah, I don't actually yeah. know if that. Yeah, but yeah, that that was a really nice monologue from um from Hop where he's just talking about how you know he always thought that that him Joyce and Elle needed him, but actually it was yeah. he that needed them. Yeah. Um, and um. Yeah, yeah, and you it's, see it's that it's a touching. Yeah, and you see in episode six as well, um, after they're being fattened up and all that happens, that mm-hmm. Hopper uh, happens to steal a lighter because he understands that yes, to kill the Demogorgon. Resourceful, yes. Mr. Hopper. Very he smart. Really is. Very, very good. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, obviously he's. And yes, also... he also grabs some vodka as well. Yes, he got some vodka. And uh, yeah. yeah, and his his relationship with Enzo is like building onto a friendship, and they're really getting to know mm-hmm. each other, which is good. And I suppose yep. that um, yeah, like there's a there's some camaraderie there, which is it's cool to see. Yeah. Um, we obviously find out as well that obviously we knew there was a demogorgon there somehow. They had have a demogorgon, which I'm kind of kind of still like I don't know how, but yeah, um, yeah. So the demogorgon is there. It's it's obviously chained up. It's in the prison, um, and every now and then they let the creature out and he feasts on fattened up greasy prisoners um, for the entertainment, for the thrill of the chase, not really just to, um, just for it to feed, but they, um, yes, they, they fatten the prisoners up so that the monster can get the nutrients that it needs. That is so disgusting. I I know. Yeah. And I love, I really love that scene how um, like Hop was speaking and um, I'm going to say Yuri, Enzo was translating. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see the Russian prisoners are kind of hanging on to every word. So a bit of a plan is being put together then. So yes. obviously we know that Hopper's going to be put against the, the an OG Demogorgon. Yes. This, and meanwhile, Murray um, and Joyce concoct their plan with Yuri to yep. enter the Russian prison. And Yes, uh, they go to the church. And kind of like, you know, come up with their little... Yeah. They see the peanut butter that Hop ate with his disgusting fingers, dirty fingers. Yes, which we uh, appreciate, which probably got him quite grainy. Um, but you know, anyway, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So and, yeah, yeah, they 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 create their plan. They they prepare to go in as well. Murray will be Yuri, and Yuri yes. will be Murray, and yep. Joyce is like okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sort of a fun throwback to the to Yuri's joke in. Um, 
episode three when he's like yuri muddy yuri muddy yeah yeah no like, they... uh, literally huh? <laughs> um yeah so they they yeah so they prepare that and yeah it kind of ends does it end in the church there's nothing else that happens after that from what i can remember no i don't i don't think so i think that's it yeah, yeah. it ends in the church yeah all right so let's jump into our favorite storyline as per usual which is the yeah. hawkins storyline um and yeah basically the hawkins kids are trekking through the forest after the whole situation trying to find they're going to skull rock yes steve has had a lot of make out yes the make out rock yeah and uh max and lucas have a uh really sweet discussion um or they talk about patrick but they come to the realization that everyone that everyone that vecna targets has something hurting them or haunting them and yep. Lucas says that he didn't know Patrick that well, but he knows Max. And he apologizes for not looking hard enough, yeah. but he says that he sees her now. And it's a very tender and sweet moment, and I'm really glad that it and happened. you can tell it means a lot to Max yeah. to hear that it's, as well. Uh, it's, it's very sweet, and um, obviously it cuts over to Robin, and Robin's like, oh, they're just like, you know, Robin's really... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Nancy and Robin decide... <laughs> they're friends! Okay, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute! Nancy and Robin decide they are now officially friends. They are now official yeah. friends. Official friends. Let the choir sing. It's happened. It happens <laughs> the, the choir of angels. Uh-huh. They are friends. It's so nice it's, because uh, you can see Nancy has been won over by Robin, yes. as we all are. And they both have a little smile because they're like, yes, we're friends yeah. now. And we... Excuse me. I shoot Nancy and Robin. <laughs> I Okay. <laughs> I know Nancy is heterosexual, but I don't care. Well, do we? Do we, though? Doing well, we, um, I, I do. I do think it would be a bit of an about face for Nancy after they've been teasing Steve. As yeah, well. no, I think that. But I think anyway. yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I think originally I remember before the series started, um, Natalia Dyer uh, did a uh, is that her name Natalia Dyer? Did I get it right? Yeah. Oh my I think god, that's I can't name, believe yeah. it. Um, they uh, she I'm terrible with names. Um, she said. Someone asked a question. They're like, "Oh, who who do you who do you, did you enjoy working with the most, or like, what was your favorite thing about Nancy this season?" And she's like, um, "My dynamic with Robin was just the best," and blah blah blah. And I remember hearing it, and I'm like, "Stop!" I was like, "Stop!" What are you saying? What are you saying? And then I realized she was saying uh, what she, she said. Friendship. Yeah. But anyway, I'm still here for it. I still love them. Um, no, I it's just... kind of like what I messaged you the other day. For some reason, I always see lesbians and everything, and I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think that what I what I really like about it though is that you know it, it kind of happened up. She's talking about Jonathan and like you know, Robin's like, oh, yeah. I see your face, like doing a wince or whatever, and and every time that his name is yeah. brought up. And Nancy's, like, basically admits that she just doesn't know where she stands. She doesn't know what's going on and yeah, she can't help yeah. it. It's a really nice, honest conversation. Yeah. Because you can tell at first she's a bit defensive. Yeah. But then um, Robin... And she's trying... Then yeah. Robin shows that she cares. Coaxed it out Generally, it yeah. shows that she yeah. cares and she's like, oh, you know, like, she's there for her in that moment and she's someone to talk to yeah. and Nancy notices yeah. it. She's like, wow, are we... You said... You, she goes, you called us friends. <laughs> and she's like, does that mean we're officially friends now? And I am on the other side going, ah! Excuse me. <laughs> Guess so. I love. Can I just say, like, further on in the episode, when um, like that, we'll talk about this in a second. But when they're all getting into the boat, mm-hmm. and and Nancy's like calling the shots, and Dustin's like, "Who put her in charge?" And Robin's like, "I, I did. did." Yes. I was like, "Yes, please." Yeah, the way she said <laughs> it. For it. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, I, I have, I, I, that's a moment that I, that stuck out to me that I wrote in my notes. Oh. 
beautiful. Um, yeah. So anyway, they finally anyway. find Eddie at Skull Rock, and they are now all yes. together. Um, they are, and, and but at the same time, uh, Dustin is like pacing in the background. Yeah, freaking out about like, the compass. To, about his compass, yes. And that's that's a direct throwback to season one as well, of course, yes. when um, they figure out that a bigger electromagnetic a bigger electromagnetic field can throw off the compass. So yes. they deduce there is a mini gate somewhere nearby. Yes. Um, is that what we got up to? Was there anything else we had to mention about that? Yeah, that yeah. Video? So they realise that Vecna attacked Patrick with a surge of energy. So now yes. he attacks yeah, yeah. and where he attacks. They, they know where he, how he attacks and where he attacks from. And it's the Creel house um, when, he, yeah. when he's in that moment. So basically, yeah, yeah Dustin says the compass is affected by electromagnetic field. They realise a yeah. gate to the Upside Down is nearby, which makes Dustin very happy. Because it's their yes. way to the Upside Down and they decide they have to hike through the woods and find it. So Eddie is yes. like, do I stay in the Shire or do I go to Mordor? And he's like, I'm going to Mordor. Yeah. Um, and Steven in the background is going, Mordor? Yeah, he's like, what? What is Mordor? <laughs> what are you talking about? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's with it. Everyone gets a reference um, except for Steve. I love that. Yeah, so the Hawkins crew then find the gateway to the Upside Down in Lover's Lake. And Nancy discovers mm-hmm. that every time Vecna attacks, he leaves a gateway behind. So mm-hmm. Robin, Nancy, Eddie, and Steve jump in the boat, and yeah, Dustin complains about staying behind. And Nancy tells like, him, "It was my theory." And, and Robin's like, "You heard Nance, Nance." And uh, Dustin's like, "Who put her in charge?" And Robin says, "I did." I'm oh, sorry, I'm saying it again. I'm saying it again. I'm saying it again. It was great. Um, and once again, Robin gets a round of applause for just being Robin. Yes, <laughs> just for being alive. What does she win? What does she win this podcast? She wins we, a golden a gold trophy, star. and the and it says "Best Person Ever" engraved on the back. <laughs> Best person ever. We love Robin. We love you. You're great. We love Robin. When the four of them jumped in the um the boat, I called them the awesome foursome. Oh, very good. Yeah, they are the awesome yes. foursome. They are uh, all of my favorite characters, except for Dustin. Yes. And Max and Lucas. Yeah. Yes. So they're all in one space. In the middle of Lovers Lake, they discover that the compass is going wonky to wonky where the capital wah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, Steve throws funny. off Steve throws off his shirt, yeah. and he has a lot of chest Which hair. I, obviously, this is a terrible idea, and I'm just like, I I don't know why. And I love how Eddie's just like, I'm rather you know rather be you than me. But, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so Steve is hairy, chest hair, and uh, and it's because the ladies dig it and uh <laughs> max even catches a look with the binoculars um yeah and lucas is looking at her like and he's like this is take why is she looking for so long this is taking a long time uh, and max was us all in that moment yes and um, um and and yeah. kind of like robin obviously gives like nancy a look yeah that's the sort of thing she something. notices I'm sorry i have to say something yeah okay to say, say it something. say it I, I, I'm trying to care about Nancy and Steve, but I don't. And the well, reason why is because yeah. I think they're just doing it because Steve's going to die in volume two. I'm sorry. I've said it. That's it. No, no, no. I mean, it's true. When I was re-watching this, I was like, oh, this reads a lot like a death scene. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, Nancy has a soft smile on her face and she grabs his hand. She's like, be careful just before he leaps into the water. And, um, yes, I, I really did think that was going to be a death scene, and but it wasn't. But also, can I say, mm-hmm. when Steve goes down, he dives a really, really long yes. way down. And, yes, he does say that I was the captain of the swim dive, team or swim whatever. Team, yeah. Okay, I can suspend a little bit here. 
but he's down there for a long time and yes. he's really really deep come what on what about his eardrums yeah are they ruptured is there something my going on i don't know oh my god anyway Obviously not. so he finds the gate and he touches it why why does he touch the gate i was like when he was going <laughs> he, down there i'm oh. sorry i'm sorry when he was going down there i'm just i'm having a moment when he was going down there and he, I'm like, surely you're just going to look at this. You're just going to look at it with your torch. You're just going to look, right? And then when he sticks his hand out and touches it, I'm like, what the fuck did you just do? Oh you have just like alerted me your presence. And Why? can I just say, this is like, I know it's a mini gate, but it's still pretty big yes. and it's glowing and red. And I'm kind of like, how do you not see this from the top of a lake on a really dark night? Oh. I don't get it. How did no one, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it either. Oh my god. That's okay though, because yes, then it leads to dropping his torch. Yeah, swimming back up, but a tentacle follows him. The tentacle follows him up, and he's dragged, dragged onto the ankle, dragged by the tentacle. And uh, this is when all my notes go into caps. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. You go. Go for it. Well, okay. Well, basically, um, Steve is pulled through the portal in caps. There's an interesting, and this isn't in non-caps because I've calmed down a bit by the <laughs> Interesting shot of Steve being pulled through and then the scene flips and he gets pushed out onto dry land, an empty wasteland where the lake is. He's in the upside down. Yeah, that was Nancy a cool goes shot. after him. It was a cool shot. Followed by Robin and Eddie. And then this is my cap start again. I love Robin going after Nancy. Can I just say, I stand women, women, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because eventually, yes. So Steve goes down. Nancy freaks yeah. out. Nancy's like, I have to go after him. She goes after him. I too uh, had a caps and mine says. <laughs> but then he gets dragged under by an upside down tentacle and Nancy follows him. And then Robin follows Nancy because friendship. And then Eddie follows <laughs> well because he does. <laughs> yeah, because, because he may as well. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, yeah, I loved then, that. I loved it. I actually really oh, loved that scene. This whole scene was so good. Like, I, I mean... We'll talk about the last bit, the cliffhanger, oh, in a second. God, yes. But yeah, this whole scene, like, I just loved, I love friendship and I love working together and I love mm. that there's always one character who's who's Eddie in this case, who yeah. is not about it and thinks it's a terrible idea, but he still goes anyway. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually, friends. I love the teenagers, like, that, like that group. Yeah is just so... Like, the older I, teens? Yeah, yeah they're the good. The older they're teens good. are just like, yes, I'm like, go. Um, so officers start searching the woods, which puts Max, Dustin, and Lucas yes. in a not-so-great position. And yes, yep. while that's happening, Steve is being stuck in the upside down, being attacked <gasps> by giant, bitey bats. And oh, the final gosh. image is distressing. Help, Steve, please, help! The Steve end. is just on the ground, and oh. it's, it's almost like a throwback to when um, Bob... Yes. bloody eaten by the demogorgons oh. but this time it is rabid bats taking bites out of steve's body there is screaming it is just it is all happening you're screaming i'm screaming everyone's, everyone's screaming. screaming and uh We're the episode ends. and there we are and i i texted you saying keep your hands off my steve yeah you did <laughs> you definitely did and i felt the exact same way it's it's a it it's was a, a cool. It was a cool mm. ending, and it set up uh, episode seven really well. But yeah, yeah, I think like ultimately, I mean, like we said, you know, earlier, I think that both of these episodes did their job in establishing what needed to be established for yeah. that episode seven, and we'll be covering episode seven um, also this week. Um, yeah, which uh, you know, obviously, we're going to go into all everything that transpired, and then we'll be up yeah. to date. I mean, we've obviously already watched episode seven, so. But watching these again, like you said, in in uh, in succession, knowing what's to come, 
I yeah. think they really did set everything up quite well. Yeah. You know, and obviously yeah. a lot of these plots weren't even touched in episode seven as well. There are some things like with Jason and whatever that, that aren't even, you know, really yeah. looked at in, in episode seven, which we'll probably, you know, touch on in volume yeah. two. So, yeah. But how did you feel overall? Yeah. Um, so not including seven. Um, I really like where we are in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, like we kind of said, each episode's kind of have their themes and their arcs and obviously um sorry you were right i've just had sparkling water and now i'm burping like crazy <laughs> um yeah like episode four is max's story episode five is really like eleven story and then episode six is kind of like all of them coming together yeah um and so yeah it's just it's just really nice and like yeah there's that great cliffhanger scene um i i honestly thought that they were about to kill steve off and i I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen, but I'm also kind of like, I hope they've done the fake out. Oh, well, we don't know if it's a fake out yet. We haven't talked about episode seven. (laughs) Yeah, but at this point where Steve is in the the upside down, like I'm kind of like, I don't know if they would do it again, but we'll see, we'll see. Mm. Um, Yes, uh, he's definitely not in a good place when we leave him. He's uh, got multiple bleeding holes all over his body oh god <laughs> multiple wounds and um yeah there are these weird like yeah they're not bats but they're like these weird creatures and and there's um there's thunder and lightning and there's tentacles everywhere it looks very squelchy subtitles <laughs> wet squelch uh, wet squelch <laughs> and um My yeah favorite. uh oh. i thought it was really what did you think about that scene where um like the tentacle pulls steve through the upside down and so the scene flips it oh, yeah. it literally goes upside down and he like is thrown out it's almost like complete opposite there's no oh. water on this end I'm a it's sucker. just really cool and creative yeah i'm a sucker for those scenes i actually really i am i every time that they do that transition um yeah. with like either the flip of the camera or the rotate or like you know yeah. obviously there's some in episode seven as well which are fucking brilliant i oh, love yes. it um because i just think that it just I think that it's it, like it to, in order to make it. And obviously, they have the budget for it, right? To make it mm. look real and make it feel real. But it's just, yep. um, it's it's harrowing. It's scary, but it's, it's also cool. just really, yeah, it's cool. It's and creepy and nice. Yeah. So I I really dig the way that they do, um, the, the way they do that. So I love that shot, and yep. um, yeah, I think also like I loved, I just loved leaving it establishing that Steve is there and his friends are coming for him. You know, and mm. obviously Nancy had to be the one that followed Steve. But, yeah. like, you know, any other day if Nancy wasn't there, Robin would have absolutely followed as well, you know. Um, but I yeah. do like that Robin followed Nancy because I was like... I know. She was like, Nats! Nats! And I'm like, wow, friendship. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and what, Ed is saying something like... Um, is it is Robin it Nancy in charge and she's like... Yeah. She's like, that, no, that was bullshit. <laughs> I just made that up. I just made that yeah. up. Nah, but it, so it awesome. was... It was, it was, yeah, it was good. And I, I really did. When I got to the end of that episode, I remember I took like a one hour break. This was the first time I watched it. And then I had to watch episode seven because I was like, yeah. I need to know what happens next. But I know. Um, so cool. And, Very cool. Um, yeah. Do you have any, any other thoughts that you want to kind of lay out? Um, or? No, I just, I, I wanted to mention this when we were talking about Eleven story in episode five, I yes. think it was. But yeah. Um, I really like I, – I think what I really like about this season is all of the, like, references to, like, previous, like, you know, like, Silence of the Lambs and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And they, they literally have, like, the, the actor for um, 
Victor Creel is literally the same one who played Freddy Krueger. Yes. Like, it's just really cool. And I noticed that there was um, in episode five when I think after, towards the end of the episode, when Eleven realizes that the, um, she realizes it's a memory that she has to unlock mm-hmm. and, you know, she's covered in blood and she she's, she's obviously making her way to that play. There's this, that really cool scene where, um, have you, have you seen Jaws where there's the scene where yes, um, the yes. character's on the beach and there's that long, um, there's that really quick dolly zoom yes, shot yeah. of the um, of the shark in the water. And they do the same sort of similar effect in here when Eleven's moving down the hallway. The hallway moves away from her really fast. Mm. So she's like, um, yeah, like recognizing her trauma. She's remembering this memory. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was really cool that I really wanted to mention that. I just... You can just tell there's just so much care and love care, in the series. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the Duffers really love this time period and everything is, like, perfect. Like Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, so yeah, some of the storylines are a bit weak, like we've talked about, but everything on the whole, like, it's just no detail, no stone is left. But even, even, if, even if some of these storylines are being held together with, like, you know, sticky tape, right? At the yeah, end of tape. the day, at the end of the day, it's... It's like I, I said this in the last few podcasts, but um, uh, in, sorry, in the last few episodes, I yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, Stranger Things does it with enough care, enough mm-hmm. um, enough uh, uh, commitment to what they're trying to yeah. do that when you when when you're kind of done watching it, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm cool with it. You know, that's mm-hmm. how I feel. As long as it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, I can find reason to, to be invested, you know, and the characters yeah, are brilliant and like the writing, you know, um, for example, like Murray and Joyce, to me, I, I find them hilarious, right? So, yeah, they're a good duo. So yeah. when he's off doing his karate while the plane is going down, I'm enjoying the fact that Murray's doing karate, yeah. you know, it's funny yeah. to me. Um, and yeah. Joyce is just like standing there, like, what in the actual fuck? You know, so. Yeah, Joyce's face when he knocks out um, Yuri, she's like, how How are we going to. We don't know how to drive a plane. Like, yes. it's just. It's gold. Yeah, it's it's great, you know. Yeah. So I think I think it's. Uh, yeah, uh, no matter what plot. I mean, obviously, the Hawkins plot for me is like the standout. The California plot is kind yeah, of just same. there. And I think that, you know. Yeah. And the 11 plot has to happen. Yes. Um, and obviously, like we've said, the Russia plot is, is probably the weakest. But even in that weakness, there is something to take from it, something to enjoy, mm. something to yep. laugh at or something to, to, you know, that's quite heartfelt, yeah. you know, with Hopper sharing uh, his story. So. Yeah, his story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's just full of heart. It yeah. is. Do you have anything else that you wanted to note specifically to the pod? Um, no, aside from just saying thank you for listening, uh, yes, we really appreciate, uh, anyone who's come on board. And if you're listening from, um, our last pod, we're so happy that you're here. If you're a new listener, yes, thank you. um, feel free to contact us. You know, we're at our house of Eckner on Twitter. We only just created that Twitter, uh, like what, yeah, three Gmail days ago. Account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and our Gmail account, um, at, at house of Eckner, uh, no, House of Eckner at gmail.com and at yes. House of Eckner on Twitter. Um, but yes. we we really enjoy, like, communicating with uh, yeah. everybody and we enjoy, like, you know, uh, answering questions or, like, you know, yeah. uh, answering emails and stuff. So if you've got anything you want to say, hit us up or yeah. any theories that you have or whatever. Because we're obviously Oh, doing... we should shout out that we got a cool email the other day. Oh, yes. From Steffi. By Steffi. Steffi who is an OG listener from our last podcast. Thank you so much for writing in. Yes, we had another Steffi, laugh. 
has a great um i'm sure she won't mind if we give her a little plug because yes. she's also got a great pop culture twitter and youtube that is in my humble opinion um on twitter and yes thank you so much for writing in steffi steffi had some really cool um uh notes which uh do we want to go into now or should we mention later when we do like a bit of a series wrap up yeah i think we'll, we'll after at the end of episode seven we'll kind of yep. like touch on um thoughts and questions and yes. whatnot but we've got that, that in the back pocket yeah. but yeah thank you steffi for writing in and for yeah. sticking with us and everything and if you want to send us anything whoever you are yeah, out there please do, please do. Yes. we love it um yeah but yeah we... and, and as of today it's two weeks I think two weeks today or two weeks tomorrow that yes. volume two drops. Oh so, yeah, yes. shit. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's approaching. Yeah, we're going to get ready for that in the next two weeks. But yeah, we will, um, we're going to do, well, obviously if you're listening now, then obviously this one is up and we're going to put up our uh, episode seven review very soon in the next couple of days. So yes. listen out for that and yeah, write it to us. Whoop, whoop. Thank you very Part much. Two everyone we appreciate it as per usual and yeah house of vecna thank you vecna out yes have an excellent (laughs) rest of your day or morning or afternoon wherever you are in the world goodbye yes see ya